0: Right, welcome to today's Two Saints podcast show with myself, Mark, and seeing my co-host, Mark Eight. How are you doing there, Mark?
1: Yeah, I'm doing well, Yeah, Obviously, you know, the weekend didn't have a fixture, but obviously we've been third round. Uh, weekend, I got my fill on the iPlayer on various radio stations and everything else. So I had a productive weekend enjoying my third round, which... I like to do every year. As I said, it's my favourite weekend. And it was, uh, you know, obviously with us not having a fixture and not being able to go to the game and stuff. But, yeah, it was productive. And we've got a busy show lined up for the listeners today. And I hope all the listeners are keeping safe and well and yep. looking after
0: each other as much as they can. Absolutely right. Just a reminder for all of you, the ways to access the Two Sites podcast via YouTube, Podcast, Overcast, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify, Amazon Music, Deezer, radio, Tune in radio and Podbean. You can also contact us on our email address, which is the Two Saints Podcast Show at Outlook.com for any feedback on the show or the podcast, the recorded version of the show we do on the radio or the podcast. Uh, um, any feedback of any kind, positive or negative, we thrive on people's input and we can't do the show without that. So those are the ways to contact the show and access the show in the podcast. So, moving on from there, coming up for you in the first part of today's podcast show, we have Saints Club news and other football news. So, we'll be back in a couple of seconds and we'll kick off with the Saints Club news. It's the Two Marks, C&H, on the, on the Two Saints Saint show, show, Fiesta, Fiesta 95, 95 FM. FM. Right, right, welcome back, everybody. So, so com news. Tyreek Johnson has joined, it. will be joining Dinium online. Southampton helped with the vaccine rollout in the city. The FA Cup fourth and fifth round draws have been made, so Saints know who their opponents are, should they beat at Shrewsbury. Some group financial results. Saints report a net at six seventy-six point one million loss. So, with Tyreek Johnson due to join Gillingham Mark on loan, by the looks of it. So, young Southampton before Torique Johnson's joined League One outfit Gillingham on loan for the remainder of the season. 22 year old spent the majority of the season out, um, stateside over in the states at Halford Athletic, We've already Joey, he obviously went to coach after moving on from the under 23s. Um, having returned to Stakewood in the summer, Johnson will now see out his term as part of Steve Evans' side at Priestfield Stadium, where previous academy graduates Alfie Jones and Tom O'Connor have also enjoyed success.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know where I am with this one, to be honest, Mark. I mean, I think as soon as he went down under yep. the States, you know, the rally Jades side that he's coaching out there. Um, I think the writing was more or less on the wall for him in terms of you know, uh, getting any kind of opportunities at St. Murray's. Um And, you know, as I've stated before, I, you know, my, my state of belief is that unless you're making any impact um, before or around the 21st, you know, your 21st sort of year, um, basically, yep. if, if you're coming into the, you know, There's very, very few players that come into the team at the age of 22. So basically, once once you sort of hit 22, that's you saying goodbye to any opportunity at at St. Mary's of first team football. That's my belief for that. I've
0: never
1: wavered from that. So I've never really understood. You know, understand that you offer people contracts and they stay, you know, They some of them may end up staying for the duration of contract because other clubs don't want them, but, you know, as I say, I just think it's right yeah. for Tariq to move on his career, and, you know, for the listeners as well, even though it's, it's a low move, I mean, Gillingham are now talking about making it permanent before the end of this transfer window, so, you know, all I would say is is, yeah. you know, I wish him well, I've seen him play Couple of times he played in the Derby replay in the FA Cup two seasons ago um, at the stadium. I seem yep. to remember, and I seen him make a few other appearances for us as a sub. You know, it's it's unfortunate, but I mean, I I just think once once they hit the twenty two, you know, you're you're better to sell or get rid. Otherwise, you end up with. You know, too many, too many sort of academy yeah. products that aren't that aren't going to be
0: even yeah, in the first team squad. Well, I think that's um that's something I think that me and you wholeheartedly agree on. I think we both agree on that philosophy yeah. and the fact that you're absolutely right in what you say. I think we both agree on that one. To be fair, and um, yeah, I think we covered that one quite nicely. So we'll move on to the next article, which relates to the Saints Foundation. Um, again, doing stuff under lockdown, getting involved in the community like they do, and on this occasion, volunteers have been working with the local NHS trust to help those receiving COVID-19 vaccinations. Obviously, the, the vaccinations are starting to be rolled out now. Um, 20 foundation staff assisted NHS professionals at the Royal Southampton Hospital in Southampton where over a 1,000 Southampton residents received their vaccination against the virus. Um, so basically what they've been doing is helping those who are aged 80 or over through the actual clinic themselves. So just directing them where they need to go. Just helping with the logistical stuff, basically
1: yeah exactly but, it, um, it, it's
0: a, it's a direct, quote on the, direct quote on the official website from greg baker was yeah direct quote from greg baker of the saints foundation on the website was we're all very grateful for the work of the nhs during this pandemic so it's an honor to be able to help out where we can so i sorry mike there
1: you go i mean that's, that's fine. fine no all, all i was saying before was obviously you know they're only there as a support role but, but again, it's great yeah. to see the foundation. You know, you know, ever since the start of the pandemic, you know, they've made sure that they're yeah. at the forefront. You know, supporting the city, yes, and you know, you you gotta say compared to a lot of other other clubs and foundations, mm-hmm. you know, you would you would say that you know the Southampton's foundation, the Saints Foundation, have got out ahead of the curve, and mm-hmm. a, yet again. Yeah, definitely. You know, when you're reading stories like that, you know, you're straight away. Obviously, they have they have volunteered themselves. You know, to to me, it's a good news story, and you know, it's good to see yeah. them at the forefront of things. You know, during the pandemic definitely. and for for the residents of you know trying to help the residents of
0: Southampton. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, you know, absolutely. More good stuff, more good work from the Sites Foundation. Well done today.
1: The only other thing that I would say is you know, Mark, in all due respect, you know, I hope whenever I turn up to get my vaccination, you know, Greg Baker isn't stood there with a needle ready for me. You know what That's I mean? Right. He's I'm, really, I'm only joking. It's, it's great it. as Greg is Mark. I don't think we've got to
0: worry about that. Yeah, no, well, no just, yeah,
1: just gotta to... answer it, you know. I'm,
0: I, I, I would be looking for some sort of health professional to be providing the job, you know. If anyone from the Saints Foundation is listening, Greg, we think you're absolutely great. You're a great guy, and the foundation did great work. And it is it's tongue in cheek. We're only joking. Um, we'd be we'd be quite happy to receive it from whoever it was. To be fair, but <laughs> like, yeah, I will get where Mark's coming from. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be much nicer if it was a professional doing it. <laughs> so anyway, moving on from there. Um, good news. Um, relating to shrewsbury town um we didn't actually think this was going to happen but it looks as though saints are actually going to get to play shrewsbury town the fa cup not in the yeah. third round um and should they actually negotiate that and get through that one they're then going to move on and face arsenal in the fourth round of the fa cup and we also now know if we manage to negotiate both those ties, we face the mouthwatering prospect of a possible trip in the fifth round to chorley or wolves so yeah. it's pretty much okay. tower. we know exactly what the next three games are in the fa cup so no pressure. No, so, um
1: all all I would say Mark is obviously they've confirmed now that the fixture's gonna be played Tuesday night. So Tuesday yep. night. Um and it's an eight o'clock kickoff here. Uh B S B S T. BST. Yep. But um yep. what was I gonna say? So so yep. so that's already been confirmed and then obviously if we win that tie, uh, as you mentioned, you know. We're at home the Arsenal then, which means yep. that you know, if if we get past uh Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury you know, um yep. on the Tuesday, we then play Arsenal on the Saturday with uh twelve fifteen kickoff. So Crazy. you know, those the watch alongs that you and I have are gonna be fairly interesting in terms of the timing because okay. You know, as as we know yep. already, this weekend's fixtures uh, in eight o'clock kick off against Leicester as well.
0: Yeah, it is. So, yeah, so um, um, we'll hopefully negotiate our way past Rosebury and then beat Arsenal and then hopefully into the fifth round and on from there. So, it'd be nice to have a good cut run. Let's, say, let's hope we.
1: Mate, we're lifting it. What are you talking
0: um, about? I would say cut we've got
1: to lift it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I'm. Um, Uh, Let's hope we have a better cup run than our current financial situation, although it's not all doom and gloom, everybody. Saints have reported a net £76.1 million loss before tax in the 2019-20 financial results, which they've revealed, obviously. Um, However, it is important to obviously add into that. Part of that is actually the £75 million working capital loan they actually took out um, during the first lockdown. Yeah, no, very Um, very... Obviously, St Mary's Football Group limited to a decrease in overall turnover as well. So obviously, the overall turnover has gone down, um, down to 126 million from the figure of 149 into 2019, with a net loss before tax up from 41 million. Now it's important to, as, as I said, include in the fact 75 million has been a, a whacking capital loan. There are players out on loan at the moment who obviously got fairly substantial transfer fee behind them previously, so obviously that's causing an issue there as well. And 90% of 90% of money at St Mary's has actually gone on player wages. Now we understand from the managing director Toby Steele. so um. Obviously, those figures uh, sort of tell the tale. I mean, it's not as bad as it sounds like. You know, it all sounds like doom and gloom, and it's really not, to be fair. Um, and to, in fairness, most Premier League clubs, above the bottom three possibly, could probably take about a £90 million loss during the current situation and still survive quite comfortably. So it's not all doom and gloom, is it? No, no. Fact everyone's, I know a lot of people are upset and said, oh, we've got no money, we're in big trouble. We're not in big trouble. We're in the same position as most other clubs, to be yeah. fair.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't see any sort of difference in our situation to a lot of other Premier League clubs, really. Um, you know, unless unless you've got higher yeah. revenues and you know a bigger support base, obviously. But no, I, I don't see any real difference there. I mean, my my, I suppose the crux of my argument would also be that you know you need to understand that. Because yep. we have bought players for significant fees and then they haven't worked out yep. at St. Mary's, you know, yep. a lot of these players yep. are being moved on for nothing, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, i I'll just give you a couple of examples. So, Bufell joined us for 16 million,
0: yep.
1: Right? Yeah. Um, you know, Guido Carrillo joined us for 19.5 million, you know, and, and, So those are two players already that have left on free transfers. You know, we're not going to see a penny of that money. So there's nearly 40 million quid, right? And then the likes of Wesley Hoyt, 15 million, probably only going to get about five of that back. There's another 10 million out the door. You know, and and the thing is, is I, I can give you examples of that, Mark. And that, and that would equate more or less for, you know, maybe short of £20 million, but it would, it would equate for £55 million pound of
0: that debt, you exactly, know? Yeah.
1: And that, that's just yeah, exactly, all the yeah. footballers exactly, yeah.
0: that we've bought. Well, I think, um, I think Toby still sort of alluded to that as well, didn't he, when he was interviewed about it? I think he basically alluded to the situation with players and stuff. Um, and him himself, he said he's not overly concerned. So, you know, that's good enough for me. They're not overly concerned. You know, they've done a fairly good job so far. They've steered us quite well, you know, themselves at the moment. So, yeah, you know, I certainly have a lot more faith in him and the other directors than I do in our chairman, to be fair.
1: Yeah, no, well, the thing is, is it doesn't matter, but the chairman's irrelevant at the minute because they're the people that, you know, Toby Toby Steele and Martin Simmons are the people running the football club. You know, it it isn't, the owner's not anywhere near, you know, so, but what did I was, it, um, sorry, what did find interesting the rest sorry, what I did find the rest of Toby Steele had alluded to the mm-hmm. fact that, you know, the club were still hopeful of doing business, uh, in the January window, yep. but but he did say that it would be a case exactly. of bringing the player in on loan first, and then obviously if he's
0: yep. you
1: know up yep. the scratch, you know then agreeing a fee which yep. you know in the current climate yep. don't have an issue yep. with as long as as long as they're working the working base that saints have and they're still able to function yep. in the transfer market
0: then i'm happy yeah absolutely in, in fairness um yeah you know, um credits it's too i think they're doing an exceptionally good job under very difficult circumstances with very little support for yeah, to So, I'm, in fairness, I'm, I'm, I think they're both doing as well as they can do under the yeah, situation. And in fairness, they're probably running Southampton. They're probably running Southampton better than some other clubs. Yeah,
1: I mean, all, all I all I would say is Mark. You know, I, I don't know the situation at other football clubs, but you know, like like I keep reiterating, I mean, at the end of the day, they are steering the ship at the moment because. The owner has taken a hands-off approach now. In an ideal world, you would want the yep. owner to have input, but the owner isn't interested. So it, it's left to those people yep. that are currently you know, at the top table at the football club in terms of running it, for the, for the run the football club yep. with, without the help or even support of the owner. You know, it's a very, very Absolutely. bizarre situation as far
0: as I'm concerned, you know. Yeah, so there we go. It is a bizarre situation. But, um, yeah, we'll see how everything pans out. Obviously, um, at, the, at the moment, stuff's going really well on the pitch. So let's focus on that for now. In fact it's yeah. going really well on the pitch and that's great. So that brings us to the end of that section of the pod for today. So we're going to take a very short break and when we come back, we'll do other football news. It's Mark C and Mark H. Mark my word, they're here with everything in the Two Saints Show. Right, welcome back, everybody. So, other football news. Justin Haller, West Ham record signing, signs for IAC. West Brom. the Dice transfer revolution begins with him bringing in Robert Snodgrass, uh, first signing. Moving to the Championship, Sol Bamba, the Cardiff City defender, is being treated for cancer at this present moment. So, that's uh, bad news there. Scottish football, Mugwell, Graham Alexander is confirmed as Scottish Premiership's club's manager. Then move on to some stories related to. Offer, as a ro- offer their stadium as a rollout venue for the vaccine. Moving on to the next one from there, EFL clubs to get coronavirus tests twice a week funded by the PFA. Luka Milovievic, the Crystal Palace captain, apologises for breaching coronavirus rules. Arsenal take out a £120 million loan to help with the COVID-19 impact. Players on Dubai trip should apologise for COVID-19 payments. This is women's football, says West Ham's Jilly flair David Moyes, West Ham manager, says footballers must not be picked on for coronavirus breaches. Eberichi eight. the FA, investigates... Cr- Crystal Palace midfielder over apparent COVID-19 breach. And that brings us to the end of those COVID stories. Then women's football. Carl Award, the Birmingham boss, says women's FA Cup coin toss is a crazy idea. Dementia and football. Football and dementia. Dawn is to work with the PFA on neurodegenerative air provision. And European football story. This is quite an amusing story about Didier Lam Calzé. The Ford apologises over Andalette shirts. So, starting with... The Premier League, Mark, Sebastian Haller leaves West Ham for a huge amount of money off of what they actually paid for him. They've taken a massive hit in the region of about £25 million. So West Ham clearly not suffering because of the COVID situation. It's actually £27 million quid, but
1: yeah, who's going to squabble over £2 million? Oh, I, know, <laughs> I know I would be, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, £27 <laughs> million. Pound head. They don't have it, yeah. <laughs> It, it just goes to show what what can happen when you're in a taxpayer stadium and you're only putting two million pound a year towards it. You know, sixty thousand seater right. stadium yeah. and only put. But the thing is, is it is crazy that they're losing that kind of money on that player in in this current COVID situation. I mean. Yeah. At, by the same token, you know, I talk about our own situation with not being able to get rid of players, but th- this this guy, Sebastian Halla, was yep. playing for West Ham. I mean, I seem to remember that he scored the winner down here last yep. December when we played them. Um, so, <laughs> you know, it, it does baffle me whenever you hear David Moyes coming out and saying, you know, oh, we're, we're you know, obviously we're gonna let him go because he doesn't fit in with, you know, what I'm wanting from me players. And that that's all well and good, Mark, but you look at them you look at the West Ham squad, right? Or even the team, right? And there's a lot of creative footballers in there, right? And obviously they've got Make Michael Antonio or Miguel Antonio who who, you know, obviously, you know, he's in a rich goal scoring vein but obviously he's a winger, but you, but you sit there and you kind of think to yourself, Sebastian Haller's probably their only front stri- out-and-out front-line striker that they have. So it be interesting yeah, to see... Be, in, be, be interesting to see what they're going to do during the January window to... because I'm I'm assuming that they're planning to address the fact that he's left.
0: I would guess so. Yeah, that wouldn't be interesting. It'd be also... Interesting to see um, how the transfer revolution continues at West Brom, given that Sam Allardyce has just brought in Robert Snodgrass. Uh, yeah, yeah well-beating, well world well lighting transfer. I'm not, I'm, not sure, I'm not sure, given the
1: terminology that you're using, like, words like West Brom revolution <laughs> or transfer revolution, I'm thinking ha- hardly <laughs> kicking off with a revolution at the Hawthorns if you're bringing in Robert Snodgrass. Even though you may turn around and say good, good, experienced addition, I wouldn't argue with that, you know. And and Sam has said in the press, you know, that he'll bring a bit of balance to, side, to the side because he's left footed and there's very few left footers yeah. in the squad, I'm assuming. So, but as I yeah. say, hardly earth shattering,
0: but, you know, let, let's let see
1: what other no, no, business will do in the window.
0: Yeah, when I say World of World being, being signing and, and Revolution, uh, it's obviously quite tongue-in-cheek. Um, it quite clearly isn't. Um, you know, <laughs> well, Sam so Allardyce does, it, cause he's does. a I knew s- you know. That, that's why I remarked on it, because I
1: knew you were being slightly
0: sarcastic. absolutely right. So, we move on from those to the sad news that Cardiff City defender Sol Banbury has been an ever-present for them. Um, The Championship Club have announced that the 35-year-old Ivory Coast International sadly has been diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma and is undergoing chemotherapy at this moment in time. So, we wish him all the best with that. Um, Sad news, obviously. He's begun his battle in typically positive spirits and will continue to be an integral part of the Bluebirds family, said the club. So, yeah, very sad news
1: there. Yeah, I mean, we had absolutely... You know, let, let's hope that he has a very speedy recovery, and yeah, all the yeah. best, So, But all, all I would say is, is you know, just gives a chance to sort of mention because obviously so Bamba um, was at Leeds, and um, you know, he's not Cardiff. Yes. And I have to, I have to be honest, Mark. I, I thought that he would have, because obviously he's played in the Premier League, but. I would have thought that he would have been at a club, you know, that was basically, you know, Premier League each season. I actually thought he would, you know, I do think he would. he's good enough. Um, I don't know about it now. Yeah. It's obviously, you know, he's 28 now. But, um, yeah, so, as I say, just let's hope that, you know, he gets through it and he's back playing football as soon as possible.
0: Absolutely, absolutely right. Yeah, no, yeah, and let's hope that is the case. So moving on to Scottish football, Motherwell, Graham Alexander has been confirmed as Premier League manager Um and he said, I've been manager now for seven to eight years. Oh, sorry, the former manager says manager for now for seven to eight years, successful free clubs have been at former Fleetwood Town, Scotland, United and Salford boss told Motherwell's website. So yes, Graham Alexander, um, this is out of my comfort zone. I'm someone who's up for a challenge and I'll get that here. I spoke to Stephen Robertson as we played together at Preston. He said, nothing but good things. Together with what I've heard from the board meant it was a challenge I wanted to take up. The obvious first objective is to win on Saturday. This is a team that's performing, but there's talent there. So there we go, Mark. That came from Graham Alexander. So, (laughs) all I
1: would say, Mark, is to me this one's a bit of a weird one because Graham Alexander, yes, he had success at Fleetwood, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say he didn't. Um, the Salford job, did he have success there? Not really. You know, that he wasn't really given time to do anything. And obviously with the money that's being yeah. pumped in there, they were expecting results and expecting them to be flying high in League 2. And it hasn't sort of panned out yeah, that think way. I'm yeah, and, and that's, that's yeah, the, I think the, way, the way he went. But I think... The thing, yeah. thing is, is like you told me the runners and riders, you know, a few days ago. And what, what surprised me is, is that they've gone with Graham Alexander and yet, you know, there was there was people like Tommy Wright there, who was the ex-St. Uh, Johnston manager, has worked on a similar budget, yeah. bringing people through in the same way that Stephen Robinson had done at Motherwell. And I I would have thought they would have went with someone like that, especially somebody with proven Scottish football experience because, because, you know, Graham Alexander is coming from the English leagues into the Scottish game, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, all right, Motherwell might be able to tap into his contacts down south. But I, I just thought there yeah. was better candidates and people that were better suited to, to taking on the Motherwell job. That isn't to say that I don't wish that Graham Alexander well and good luck to him.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely right. Absolutely right. So we'll move on from there to the COVID-related stories that are circulating at the moment. One of those is Tottenham Hotspur offering their stadium as a, uh, as a venue for the rollout of the vaccine lot.
1: Yeah, I mean, let, let's be honest. Let's kick. Off. I'm glad we're kicking off with this one first because this is a positive. You know, everything else seems to be an agonist. Yeah, moment. But um, yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, is I'd I'd like to think that most most clubs, you know, being within the community, the communities that let's say supposedly the serve, you know, they're they're going to get involved in any sort of vaccination yeah, program. Um, so, yeah. yeah, no, it's definitely absolutely.
0: positive and well done, Spurs. Absolutely, absolutely. And I won't be yeah, saying so that well done, too so. often on our podcast. Well, I'm not about Spurs anyway. <laughs> right, anyway, EFL clubs are to get coronavirus tests twice a week, funded by the PFA, Mark. So just more testing, obviously, which is, um, you know, yeah. the way they feel that they're going to beat things. So, you know, fair enough.
1: As I say, that, that's um, I don't
0: really have that, and that one. And
1: the thing is, is... The good news for that story is, is that you know I would now say that it's going to be unlikely that there's going to be any fire break or suspension of the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two. So good, well done to the PFA for stepping up to the mark at the end of the day. It's what has been needed since back, you know, way back since the pandemic started. But I'm glad that. Somebody's addressing yep. that, that side of the football permit because obviously League One, League Two yep. players are not getting tested on a regular basis.
0: <coughs> exactly, yeah. Excuse me, frogging my friend, everyone. <coughs> Sorry about that. Moving on to the next article, um, and this is where it gets bad news, Mark, I'm afraid, unfortunately. Luca Milivievic, the Crystal Palace captain, apologizes for breaching coronavirus rules. Roy Hodgson needs to stop um, saying they're going to deal with it as a club. Players need to stop breaking the rules. It's as simple as that. And I don't want to hear Andros Townsend coming out and trotting out the same nonsense he's been trotting out recently. About how don't take it out on the players and the rules and blah, blah, blah. No, take it out on the players for breaching the rules because they're breaching the rules. We're not picking on them. We're speaking the truth and we're dealing with facts. If you're breaking the rules, you deserve everything you get. No sympathy for any of them. You're professional footballers. Damn well act like it. You've got an example to set, to people, and you're setting a poor example. And you should be held to account. Thanks for that, Mark. So, elevate. <laughs> Getting back to Mr
1: Uh Luca, the Crystal Palace captain, I'm gonna call him. Um there, there's two things I wanna say about this, Mark, and you know you know what's coming. First thing I wanna say is is why did it take him so long to come out to apologise? This is this is six, seven days after he's actually done it. It's took a week. Yeah. You know. The, the Arsenal, just so as you know, right, and I know we're coming on this story in a minute, right, the Arsenal, the Arsenal coach or whatever has just come out today and apologised for what they did with their trip to Dubai. And I'm, I'm sat there and I'm thinking to myself, you know, why are people not coming out straight away and saying, Look, OK, I'll hold my hands up, what I did was wrong. Then it would be perfectly acceptable. But it, it it feels like, certainly with Luca, it feels like the club have said to him, you know, because obviously he wasn't going to do it off his own bat, right? So the club have said to him, look, you need to come out and apologise for what you did. But seven days yeah. after, I mean, surely it would occur to the player themselves to come out and apologise. They don't need to be prompted by the club, do they? Well, I've got better day. Instead of apologising, don't do it in the first place. Well, no, ex- exactly, exactly, Mark. But then, and then on the flip side of this uh, as well, you know, and I'm going to cover yeah. this very quickly, right? I mean, so yeah. so that we would, don't have to cover this article, right? Mr. Easy yeah, yeah. is part of Crystal Palace as well, right? Now, yeah. oh, when oh, when oh. the story broke about Luca last Saturday, you know, uh roy stood in front of the cameras and said we'll deal with it internally right i i, I don't yeah. agree with you know uh dealing with things internally i think the premier league should take the lead right and anybody found breaching the covid rules you know right. as they're laid out by the premier league or whatever governance they're using right I just yeah. think to myself, that player then should be suspended for the next two Premier League games. You know, because that, that's not. the only way you hurt the club and you hurt the
0: player, yeah. man, you know? The thing is, if you're an athlete, if you're an athlete and you don't give a doping test result, right, or you refuse to do it, you get a suspension for get a anti-doping. Yeah you, okay? get a yeah, you get a bad it. Why should it be any different? why should it be any different for a footballer that breaks the rules at the moment? Because for me, it should be exactly the same. If you're going to flout the rules, you damn well deserve a ban for it. Simple as that. Yeah. If you're going to break rules or you're going to cheat, if you're going to cheat or you're going to break rules, you should damn well have a consequence uh, for it. And at the moment, there isn't one. More quickly, just let's cover these
1: stories. So, so mystery a crystal palace winger forward. Uh, took it yeah. upon himself to go and watch the QPR Fulham game in the FA Cup last yeah. Saturday and obviously he was right. spotted on camera and yeah. the Premier League then came out and said that he didn't have their permission to be there. You know? And yeah. and this is this is why I'm I'm saying basically, okay, fair enough. Yep, the clubs have a finance system, I get that. But but to me, if you're caught breaking the rules, there has to be other consequences. And the other consequences would be a ban
0: of two to three matches. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, I apologise to, to anybody who had the dog barking in, in the background. Um, I'm sure we still heard what Mark has said. I certainly did. Um, and yeah, I think you're absolutely right. So, background everybody. So, um. I think it's probably important to talk about the situation at Arsenal. I'm a bit baffled by this because it's not something Saints say to Denmark, so I'm a little bit surprised by this. Arsenal have taken out a short-term 120 million, short term £120 million loan to help deal with the impact of the coronavirus pandemic. The club said they met the criteria set by the Bank of England for COVID corporate financing facility. And a loan which is repayable in May 2021.
1: Right, OK. Well, I so mean... Look, them. All right, they've made the decision that they need to do it. Loads of clubs are doing it, you know, and I, I get that yep. there's a financial impact and all the rest of it. But but and obviously they've still got a function. They've still got to give people new contracts and all the rest of it. Yep. But I am going to suggest one controversial thing. Maybe maybe if you paid, you know, uh, Mister Mister Obama Yang bit less money than the two hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week that he's reported to be on at Arsenal. You know, yeah, may, yeah. maybe if you took some of the wage out of that, you know, you wouldn't be you wouldn't be looking for a loan. I, I just I just find it amazing that you know I look at our finances and maybe maybe Mark given you know you read stuff like this Maybe I am sitting here and thinking, actually, we're not actually in that bad a place when you read stuff like that no. at Arsenal and the sort of money that Manchester exactly. United's losing. So maybe maybe the bigger yeah. clubs are actually losing a hell of a lot more money than the medium sized clubs in the Premier League.
0: Yep. The thing is with Arsenal, they're playing about ba- they're playing a bang me and that's huge amount of money. Not only that, Mess Ozil, not even playing for the team, sat there on a huge- Huge amount of wages. Let the guy leave. You free out wages straight away. You don't have to go. Oh no! I reckon he's. his contract.
1: He's not on a small amount of money. It's not as straightforward. It's not not as straightforward as that with Mathewson though, because I was reading today that basically for him to leave Arsenal need to pay him seven million quid.
0: That's right. They've got hundred twenty million pound loan now. They can afford it now. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> nah, that's a bit more anyway moving on from there um, women's football uh, um, players on Dubai trip should apologise for that COVID post moment says West Ham's Gilly Fla- Um Manchester City's match against West Ham and Arsenal's trip to Arsenal tripped us on Saturday were both called off after five players tested positive for coronavirus following travel over Christmas they shouldn't be apologising they shouldn't have to apologise because they shouldn't have damn well travelled
1: yeah I mean all, all, all I'm going to say about this Mark is is I I just wanted to prove that it was across you know, it's not just the elite men that's doing it, you know. Um, you know, clubs you know, on the woman's side of thing, clubs are sanctioning, you know, these trips of what well, why do they need to go to Dubai? Why you know, we're yeah, in the yeah, middle of the yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. We're in the middle of the season, right? And I, I get that under normal circumstances, you know, if you've got a break, they might go out for some warm weather training, right? But this isn't a normal yeah. season. So why why are clubs... So we've had Manchester United women, right? We've had individuals from the Manchester City women team, and we've had the yeah. Arsenal women's team, right, go out go out to the why? Why are they going out to yeah. Dubai? Why were yeah. Celtic? Why yeah. were Celtic? Yeah. Out, why were Celtic out in Dubai? You know what were they doing
0: out in Dubai? You said you think I'm not against sport, right? I'm not against sport trying to continue, and I'm not against sport trying to like you know keep everyone saying whatever. But at the end of the day, they're sitting there. the Government will sit there and go, well, we can't understand where the South African variant came from. Well, I can. It would be the people that flew in from South Africa that you allowed into the country that's where that clearly came where the variants going to come from well that's quite simple that would be the people that flew from brazil if you get a strain of it that's come from dubai it'll be all the people that fly from dubai so very simple stop them from traveling hang on hang on hang on but this
1: we're we're the two saints podcast here you know that's not that's not but i i get what you're saying and i agree mate all, all, all that I would say is, is it just baffles me that clubs have sanctioned these trips, right? I mean, you know, don't they yeah. realise that we're in a global pandemic? How stupid are these people that are running these clubs or sanctioning these these trips? You know, and surely they must know how it looks to the average person on the street. You know, the average supporter that's out there absolutely thinking,
0: that,
1: why is this occurring? Yeah. You know, I haven't been able, you know, I haven't been able to kiss my mum, my dad or, or or
0: hug them or
1: anything yeah, like yeah. that there since yeah, this yeah. pandemic started.
0: Yeah, exactly. yeah so the so, Premier League footballers are allowed to run up to each other, hug each other, kiss each other, do God knows what, spit, do whatever, swear at the referee, etc, etc. Et you're not even allowed to visit your relatives. Yeah, brilliant. Fantastic. Yeah, right.
1: I, I have to. I have so, to the the probably, whole thing
0: just infuriates me.
1: Just to say about that, I mean, obviously the clubs now being redirected to the fact that there isn't be any celebrations and all the rest of it, right? And I, I'm 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 going to say, you know, some of some of the managers and coaches' reactions have been pretty poor, you know, in regards to that. But one person that I that I think gets it is actually Frank Lampard, because he he was talking about. You know, he's told players. They're not to celebrate. They're not the, you know, high five each other. They're not to the do any of that sort of stuff. You know, when they score a goal, yeah. you know, and and the yeah. other thing, you know, the other thing that I want to say is like, you know, if if you're caught, hu- you know, if you're caught hugging, you know, um, we're advising people not to use tongues as well. <laughs>
0: Oh, I like that. Right. Uh, but, so moving but, on to no. the next story. Hammers midfielder, Manuel... Sorry, Mark, that's my fault. Go on. So moving on to the um, next story relating to Hammers midfielder, uh, Manuel Lanzini was one of numerous Premier League players to attend a party over Christmas. He wasn't the only one that had a party. At morning, 60 games in England have been called off this coronavirus outbreak at the club. David Moyes said, We have to be careful that everybody isn't picking on football players. We all know people is breaking the rules in their own way. The players have followed the protocols every day at the training ground. They have to go through rituals just to get into the building. They know what their job is. Like, like most human beings at times, they can get things wrong. Get things wrong. They have clear directives to follow every goddamn day and they break rules. There's no getting it wrong. They know exactly what they're doing. Stop trying to defend them because it's indefensible. David Moyes, wind your head in and give you a head of... Get a grip, man. Get a as well. They've got protocols to follow. They can make get things wrong. There's not, nothing to get wrong. You have a set protocol to follow. You stick to it no matter what. Simple as job done. Right. The, the, the issue I long. have. Defend Stop defending players when they've breached the rules. they break the rules. There's the a consequence. Right.
1: Okay. My, my my beef with David Moyes is slightly more straightforward than that. I, I, I think there's a failure here to appreciate or understand that football and elite sport are in a very privileged position that they're being allowed to continue,
0: Yeah,
1: right? And the thing is, is when you're in yeah. that privileged position, that means that you have to act responsibly as far as I'm concerned. And and for David yeah. Moyes to come, I mean, we're not talking about a group of school children here you know, or maybe we are, yeah, exactly. maybe, maybe exactly. we're actually dealing with <laughs> immature, immature yeah. adults, you know, yeah. because, exactly. because, you know, yeah. what is he talking about? He makes it sound as if they're all on a school out there's something like that there, you know, don't be picking yeah, no, on really players, that, yeah. you know, the thing is, is yeah. as he keeps saying, there's a failure for them, right, to understand, I mean, it just shows that, you know, sometimes a lot of people say Westminster, politically, are in their own bubble. Well, believe yeah. you me, yeah. Premier League yeah. clubs and probably football are probably in their own bubble because yeah. there's a failure to understand what goes on on the ground the with thing is,
0: people. I just, I just think it just demonstrates a huge amount of arrogance from these players that just flout the rules like that. It, to me, that's just arrogance. Pure and simple, it's just arrogance. It's arrogance
1: for for David Moyes to come out and make a statement like that. Mark, it's not just the players, it's the managers too. You know, it's a failure. Like like I said, the only person that I've read any sense from in the Premier League this week has been Frank Lampard. The rest of them, I just
0: sit there and I think nonsense. You
1: know?
0: Yeah, Anyway, we'll move on from this because the whole COVID thing just winds you up with footballers and managers at the moment trying to defend it. There is no defense, so we'll move on from there because it just winds you up to the absolute hill, as you probably realized, everyone. So I'm off my soapbox now. Moving on, Carla Ward, the Birmingham boss, says the Women's FA Cup coin toss is a crazy idea. Using the coin toss to decide who reaches the Women's FA Cup would be a crazy idea, says Birmingham City manager Carla Ward. The association is considering title ties in rounds two and three of a competition suspended because of coronavirus restrictions. A coin toss and the drawing of lots are among the options being considered. A coin toss. You couldn't write it, Mark.
1: No, I mean, it, it, mate, it's just, it's just absolute nonsense. You know, you—that <laughs> that is no way to decide any football match at any level, whether it be elite level or park About- level. I mean... You know it, nice. you know I mean when I was a youngster we always you know we always used to say like you know if for be if we're, if we all had to be in for a certain time right and say you know a team was beating another team say 12 now I'm just making that up right but then the shout would go up say yeah. if we all had to be in at a certain time the shout would go up you know last goal wins right or First, first goal win. You know, first goal scored wins. You know, but yeah. uh, you know yeah. this nonsense of yeah. a coin toss. I mean, we're talking, we're talking about elite football in the sense that it's the Women's FA Cup. It's an absolute yeah. nonsense. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah, it is. It is absolutely right. Absolutely right. So on from there um another story which um i'll sort of see this is good news in a way because i think it is it's about time it happened and yeah i think in a way it's good news um unfortunately probably 25 years too late but that's the news that football and dementia dawn Ashton who's the daughter of jeff Ashton former england international obviously who developed dementia and sadly passed away in 2002 at the age of 59 his daughter dawn um is to work with the pfa on neurodegenerative care provision for people suffering with um obviously that neurodegenerative disease which is really, really good.
1: I mean, but, it's... Um,
0: a, yeah, so that's really, really good. News, I think to be fair, about time as well. I put twenty five years too late, Mark probably. Yeah,
1: well, no, no, I, I wouldn't look at it as that, mate. But what I, what I would say is, is it's taken, it's taken eleven years for them to appoint Dawn yeah. for that position. You know, with the PFA, yeah. and the thing is, is yeah. if they had have picked this up and ran with it when, when Jeff. Died back in 2009, or even before that, when he would first been diagnosed. Yeah. So you know the thing. The thing is, is the wheels should have been motion in motion around 2002. You know, whenever whenever people yeah. were turning around and going to the PFN saying, you know, this ex footballer suffering through dementia. And, you know, there's a chance yeah. that there may be a at that point. You know, there's a chance that there may be a link to in the football. You know, I, I, at the yeah. end of the day, the PFE's you know meant to be looking after the car of ex professional footballers. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. while I applaud what they're doing at the minute, and I, and I, you know, I'll stand on record and say I think key to this is the fact that you know Gordon Taylor's being removed because. You know, I, yeah. I have to say that, you know, it'll give the PFA a chance to modernise and get on board with these things that affect football. Well, it's an
0: excellent... Deployment. They need to modernise, Mark. Yeah, definitely.
1: Sorry, it's an excellent well, point. Good luck with the Dawn in, in that new role. Uh, you know, I'm sure she'll yeah. do well in it for, for all the... Well,
0: absolutely I'm convinced the PFA needs restructuring and looking at it anyway because, to be fair, it's an absolute dinosaur, and um, at, at the moment I mean, it's not fit for purpose. So you know the PFA needs to be updated. Definitely, they need to sweep it clean with a fresh, with a new broom, as they say. They are
1: the, the, the important thing is, is they are, and the, you know they're moving forward with the PFA now. I mean, you know that one yep. Taylor's stepping down at the end of the season and. Obviously, you know, they, they are moving it forward into, into the 21st
0: century, okay. And yippee. So, we're going to end on a, a really positive and quite entertaining story. This is quite funny, actually. So, Royal Antwerp 4 Didier Lamb has committed the ultimate transfer protest by turning up to training in the shirt of their biggest rivals, the Cameroonian. Internationals made no secret of the fact he wants to leave the Belgian side to join Greek club Panathinaikos. And to push home the point, he showed up at the club on Monday wearing the shirt of rivals Andelex. The 24 year old then took to Instagram to say that on Tuesday he would go a step further and don the shirt of Antwerp's great city rivals, shot <laughs> this is unbelievable. But in a change of heart, the on call to Monday show never came. Instead, he issued an apology through the club's official social media channels. I want to apologize to the club and to the Antwerp supporters because they're magnificent and wonderful. If I reacted like this, it's because my head was somewhere else. It was not easy for me. I really want to apologize for this gesture. <laughs> he's, he's not the fast footballer to cause a scene, Mark, obviously. Um, Peter. Rodden, when he did it years ago, tried to force a move through to um, Queen's Park Rangers by driving himself to Loftus Road on transfer deadline day. And obviously, Neymar refusing to show up for Barcelona training in 2017, trying to put pressure on them to sell him to PSG. So, but, um, yeah, turned <laughs> turning up in your greatest rival shirt. probably not a good way of uh, endearing yourself to the club, is it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, the thing is, is uh, it's a bit like, you know... Um, If you want to be antagonistic, the only other comparison I can make to that, and people seem to forget this story, was the day that England were due to play Paraguay in the World Cup, Um, Andy Murray turned up for his training at Wimbledon, you know, his his knockabout at Wimbledon before he took the the centre court wearing a Paraguay shirt. You know, I, I mean... I'm I'm not English, but I would I would have found that very very pr- provocative to be honest with you. But there you go. But um, look you no know, going back to Didier. I mean, the thing is, is what is the likelihood? Ask yourself this: What is the likelihood of him getting the permanent transfer before the window shuts? Yeah, yeah I I would say I would, it's I, would, I, would high, I, I would say it's probably high, very high and likely because. The, the thing is, the background of the story is, obviously, because he'd wanted the move, he'd been training with, the, you know, the B team or the youngsters, you know, and um, and obviously, you know, he, he's felt that he wanted to push the move through. But a very entertaining story,
0: nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, there we go. So, anyway, that brings us to the end of the Another football news section for the podcast today. So we're going to take a very short break and then coming up in the second half of the podcast we have the Saints Transfer Gossip, Saints in the Press, and Two Saints preview of Leicester City University Saints. We'll be back very shortly. Fiesta 95 FM, the two Saints show. Right, welcome back everybody. So Saints Transfer Gossip. Saints unlikely to part with twenty one year old Ralph Passengoodle dubbed fixed example Southampton Way. Southampton, the club will pursue Damari great in the summer. Southampton and Club Bruges won talented EFL teenager. Pellegrini Wants Southampton and Lindeloo, English clubs at Alls King. Saints are linked with midfielder Volante Wellington and Southampton winning the race apparently for Newcastle linked Brandon Williams. Mark, player for everybody. Starting with um, Ralph Aslan saying that Jan Valerie is a perfect example of the Southampton way.
1: Yes, well the, the thing is, is obviously or is it? Transfer wise, you know, we're talking about effectively, you know, the Shelka move being ruled out, um, and 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 obviously this follows on from um, what basically happened in regards to the Liverpool performance um, and the realization that unless they yeah. do bring in a left-back or any sort of full-back, you know, the thing is, is it's it's more than unlikely that he's not going to be going out on loan um, during, yeah. during, this, yeah. during this window. Um, so we just have to wait and see if a full-back comes in. If a full-back comes in, as I understand it, um, yeah. and Jan-Valerie's yeah, quite keen on a move, um I don't move to France till the end of the season. I don't think the club would object to that yep. if he were to land yep. another fullback. But if another fullback doesn't come in, yep. I don't think it matters because I think I think Ralph's coming up enough right. with him staying in the squad.
0: Yeah, you're right. He's in favour of a move to France, and I don't think it'd be a bad move for him, to be fair. Um, yeah, it gives him a chance for a reset, doesn't it, if that happens? So, you know, if it does happen, we wish him the best. But obviously, we want what's best for him and, and best for the club. So, you know, especially what's best for the club. So, yeah, we yeah, the, wish him luck, to see what happens, Mark, really. Yeah, and it, the
1: thing to bear in mind is, like like I said, Mark, if, it, if the left-back move doesn't happen, you know, then he stays because, because obviously... You know, there isn't there isn't another full-back coming into the football club. And I think, you know, we'll yeah. go back very quickly, but I think he showed in the Liverpool game that he's still got lots to offer. It, it's it's not a
0: point that the club looking to sell him, you know? Yeah, absolutely right. Absolutely right. I agree with that. I don't think it is about the club trying to sell him. So, yeah, there we go. So Moving on to the next one. The club uh, apparently going to pursue Damari Gray in the summer. I'd rather they brought him in now to... To be fair, Mark, but I can understand the reasoning behind it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, look, the, the way I look at it is, is if they move Josh Sims out in this window for a transfer fee, why would they not then negotiate with Leicester where they're paying some sort of loan fee till the end of the season, then they're able to bring him yeah. in and negotiate a contract at the end of that, like like what Saints did with Sam Doria. And Arsenal, when it yep. came to Cedric and my issue the last season, because they only, well, the also, only let's
0: not forget, Saints have just freed up some wages because Callum Slattery's joined G- Gillingham on loan for the rest of the season. So, yeah, well, I mean, it, it,
1: that, that's good in itself, but, uh, but then, Mark, the other thing that I would say to you is, is you know, I, I worry when the club says, oh, we're comfortable, yeah, we'll leave it to the summer, you know. Yeah. I'm sorry, but when the summer comes, he's a free agent, and there'll be yeah, exactly. other there'll be other clubs in the queue, queuing around the block. So, were we were near the top yeah. of the ladder, right? Yeah. You know, if if we're going to leave it
0: to the summer, we'll be at the back of
1: the bus queue, not at the front
0: of it. Well, yeah. The problem is, as soon as it becomes that like that, he'll go to the highest bidder, and it'll be the person that offers him the most wages.
1: Yeah. There's
0: no fee involved, obviously. So, wages isn't an obstacle. So, he'll just purely simply go to the club, but offers him the most money, to be fair, because that's how it works, unfortunately, in the modern game. I mean,
1: the one one interesting thing with him, though, is, you know, if I was him, he's someone that needs to get his career back on track, because, obviously, all the talent in the world, you know, and maybe we haven't seen it at times. So, maybe... Maybe the wage thing with him won't be such a consideration. Maybe yeah. his professional career might be more the consideration and getting his as
0: yeah, I yeah. say, getting his football career back on track. Absolutely right. Yep. And talking of footballers and careers, Southampton and Club Bruges, apparently you're both looking at um EFL teenager Caleb Chuwe Chou- 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 sorry. <laughs> Caleb Chuwamika from Northampton town. Um, according to Danny Daily Mail. Now, anybody who remembers, obviously, what's happened with Saints against Northampton in the Cup, um, I think, was it last season, Mark? Um, this yes. guy actually tore us a new one. Actually, took Saints apart. Um, yeah. Quite, almost single-handedly, to be fair. Um, but, yeah, it turns out that Saints were apparently interested him, along with Club bruce Mark.
1: Yeah, so, sorry. It w- sorry, Mark, I, for the misinformation. It was this season. Uh, oh, the, right, he, right. he played in the Northampton team that beat us 5-0 in uh, Uh, Papa John John Trophy Um, I have to say a bright young startlet I mean the only thing I would say is you know we've got a bright young startlet ourselves coming through that we're going to speak about in a minute and down in the loop and I'm just thinking to myself you know do we actually need, need another startlet I mean he would be a great acquisition, and I know his contract's due up. So yeah. it, I think it's a case of watch this space, but certainly he showed yeah. enough in the defeat of RB team for Northampton Town at that age. Yeah. There's enough about him. He's, he's as exciting as Dan in the Lulee, So let's see what happens.
0: Yep, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah, and Dan and the is actually. That- wanted by rail, Betis, managed um, by Manuel Pellegrini, obviously. But also, um, apparently there are a host of English clubs interested as well.
1: I mean, that that doesn't necessarily surprise me, but I think, you know, I think Dan in the loo would be well served, you know, to spend a bit more time with Southampton, you know, yeah. hopefully get a bit more exposure within the Premier League and yeah. develop more first as a player. Yeah. Yeah. I don't undoubtedly you know, I don't doubt haven't seen him. You know, he can be explosive in games. He can spark in the life, yeah. life, life at yep. the flick of a switch. But similarly, no, he can go large periods of games where he's totally anonymous. But but yep. when that when, but when that switch goes to the on setting, you know, he he can be devastating at times.
0: Yep, absolutely right. Absolutely right. So, yeah, um, it seems those Saints are winning the race for Newcastle linked to Brandon Williams, Mark. But also, um, so yeah, there's that one. Brandon Williams um, looks as though we're winning the race on that one.
1: Yeah, I mean, all all I would say about that, Mark, is we've covered them enough on the show. Um, Yep. You know, I I still think, obviously, the club's interested. Wastes might be a bit of an issue. But like you're saying, you know, there's one or two people being moved out. So, you know... You have to wait and see, but obviously it would seem Newcastle aren't as interested as everybody thought they were. Yeah, and hence, yep. you know, we're we're in the driving seat. The only thing I would say is, is, are we gonna be able to offer him the game time that he wants? That's yeah, the thing. Yeah, yeah. And the yeah, exactly. other thing is is you would I mean, even though we've heard all the great noise about Ryan Bertram this week and obviously wanting to sign a contract and feels at home wants to stay with the football club. You know, you'd think maybe if if Brandon Williams was to come into the football club, you know, is Ryan Bertram's place then under threat. So there is question marks. You know, are the club going to go for Brandon Williams? If so, does it does it jeopardise Ryan Bertram's future at the
0: football club? Lots yeah. of things to be resolved there. Yeah, definitely. Right, moving on to the last one. Um, linked with, um, Saints linked with midfielder Volant Wellington. Right. All I'm going to say on this one is not happening. Yeah, I think we both agree on that. So anyway, we'll move on from there to Saints in the press now. So, Fraser Forster said he always wanted to come back to play for Saints. Hassan Hool says, amazing Diallo can definitely help Saints. Mark Overmars hopes Sebastian Haller can follow Dean Santo's footsteps. All right. Hassan Noodle says Walker-Peters is a role model for learning how to adapt at Saints. Saints start. Michael Obafemi has surgery and muscle injury that halted in his lone exit. Long praise is brilliant in Ings and Adams, but admits selfishly I want more game time. Hassan was on a list of potential replacements for Frank Lampard at Chelsea, apparently, a report claims. Hassan listed lifts the lid on Saints' impressive clean sheet record. And McCarthy is back in training with Saints after isolation. Danny Ings unfortunately tested positive in the last week for it, and uh, it looks as though he could miss the Leicester game mark. But anyway, starting with Fraser Forster. He's probably upset a few Celtic fans saying he was always willing to come back here.
1: <laughs> I mean, a, the thing is, is players have to trade tread a fine line, Mark, don't they? Right? Spe- yeah. Especially if you're the you at a club, you know, and you're playing for that club and everything else. Yeah. But obviously, now he's come back to Southampton. You know, yeah. he, he's obviously making all the right noises for the supporters here, you know? Um yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're if you're a Celtic fan and you're here now, I mean, you're hopping mad, really. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but I mean, you know, are we? Am I that surprised that? You know, given that obviously he's played, you know, this game against Liverpool, and off the back of that, obviously he's got, you know, positive vibes coming through. Hence, yep. hence he's came out and made that statement. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, I think the thing the thing is is when you when you lose your number one spot because he was number one for you know cou- couple of seasons at least, yep. you know, yep. and and you lose that spot and you lose your form and everything else, you know, and you go to a club to try and regain that form and sort of get a bit of credibility back and stuff like that. And and obviously he feels that he still has a point to prove at it. Southampton. It's yeah. kind of good to good to hear it. Although, you know, if yeah. he, if he was if he that was that in love with the club, I'd love them for to renegotiate his contract.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But Hampton, good right
1: thing now, is. Now, look, it's good news, you know. And and yeah. Fraser is an excellent backup for us. You know, I mean, the thing is, is. Yeah. You couldn't ask for two better keepers, really, could you?
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. That. It's good to have a. It's good to have a good number one and a good number two. Yeah, so that's great. Anyway, moving on to the next one. So, um, Ralph Hasenhüttl saying, um, that he feels that Diallo can really help Saints. Um, i would certainly agree with him. I think I've seen we've seen enough of him so far at the age he's at that he's really going to develop. Um, Ralph believes he can definitely help them. Um, obviously the France under-21 under international. Stepped up in place. The injured Oriel remained for the battle against Liverpool. Um, assessing the Breast Stars performance, former Breast Stars performance, it said, I must say, Ibra was amazing. He's a fantastic signing from the summer. he's out since Sunday, and to chuck Ibra immediately into the game, fantastic. I'm very happy. He knows what he has to do. He knows what he's about to play in the sixth position. Everybody knows exactly what he has to do, and then it's not so difficult to step in there. It's difficult to be that brave immediately, and also show on the ball some really good movements. Exactly what I expected from him when he was coming here. I'm very happy. He shows that he can definitely help us, which is great. And he's only made eight appearances in the Premier League since switching from Brest for twelve million in October. But he has, however, started two of the three uh, past three games, including ninety minutes against Fulham and Liverpool. So yeah. not bad going for a 21 year old Martin. He certainly shows a fair bit of promise, doesn't he? Well,
1: exactly. I mean, you you don't, I suppose at the end of the day, he's only just arrived, so you don't want to jump in too soon. But everything you're seeing from him, you're sort of sitting there going, we have a hell of a sign in there, you know. Oh, yeah. He he worries me a little bit in the sense that when he first signed, I mean, it did sound like, yeah, stepping stone job. But hopefully he'll stay with the club for long enough, you know, four or five years, and, you know, he'll develop in that time, but from what I've seen of him, he's some find, you know, for the money that we have paid for him, yeah, oh, absolutely. you know, haven't haven't just looked at even the two performances so far, we've, you know, yeah. we've, we've unearthed another bargain there by the looks of it, so let's hope he keeps it, yeah. you know, let's not yeah. speak too soon, let's hope he keeps up the performances, and, you know, I right. I'll, I'll look forward to seeing how you get on in the few, in your Shane's future, but I'll, the other thing I'll say very quickly is, is you know, Romeo is already under pressure for to regain his place for Saturday.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. And um, we'll see what happens. I hope Diallo kind of keeps his place in a way. But, but obviously, you know, we, we all know what Romelu's been like. So it'd be, it'd be tough on him. But I think we've got two players that are very capable. So as you said, regardless of keepers having a good first and second keeper, it's good to know we've got two central midfielders in that area that are both competitive, which is great. It's what you want. So moving on, yeah, Mark Overmars hopes Sebast- hope Sebastian Haller can follow Dostan Tadic's footsteps at Ajax. As I say, Mark, I just think this
1: comment from Mark Overmars in relation to, he was talking about, you know, how Saints basically offloaded <laughs> uh, Dostan Tadic yeah. and also, you know, how he's improved as a player since he went there. You know, and he's pointed yeah. to his goal scoring ratio, the appearances ratio, right? And you know, all I'll say to you is is there's a world of difference between the Dutch league and the Premier League, right? And you know, yeah. I I would I would suggest to you that he played a completely different role when he was at this club than the role that he played when he obviously now he's at Ajax because he's definitely played more as a striker yeah. if you watch any other games, so I think the judgment calls that he's yeah. made are absolute nonsense and also, the other thing that I would say is, is in regards to the transfer fee, I mean, you know Mark, if Yuli arrived at the club, I think it was two months af- after Dostan Paddage arrived at Ajax, right? And You know, just so as the listeners know, Southampton had a gentleman's agreement with Dustan that basically if Ajax came in for him because he said that he wanted to go back to Holland, if Ajax came in for him, you know, they they would accept a lower bid because they wanted to keep the player happy and the player being a good servant to the football club. But just suffice to say... The Southampton Football Club had higher b- bids with Deustan, bids for Dustan Talage, but because yep. they had an agreement in place with Deustan that he could go back to Holland, they accepted
0: the Ajax bid. Yep, absolutely. So, move on to the next story. Ralph Hasenukel says Carl Walker-Peters is, is a role model for learning how to adapt at saint so, Yeah, I think Michael Obifemini and Valerie would probably be quite well-served to follow his example, Mark.
1: I mean, I agree, and plus he's the same age. You know, the thing is, is you and I talk about role models, but they're slightly older, you know, and the thing is, is I, yeah. I think Kyle Walker-Peters should be the prime example because, you know, you I look at Kyle Walker-Peters now, and, you know, I've said to you before, we have two players of quality, and all of a sudden, even over a short period of time, you know, he's only Kyle Walker, Peter's only been with us this season, and already for me, he's coming into that bracket—a
0: quality player. Right. Yeah, can't argue with that. Definitely can't argue with that. So, State Star Michael Obefemi has surgery on a muscle injury that holding his loan exit. So, in fact, it's about all across there that he's had the surgery done, and um, he's on the mend. So hopefully, um, he gets back fairly soon, and he either gets a loan move that he probably needs, or um, he's able to work a bit more on his fitness.
1: Yeah, I mean, all all I'll say is to the listeners is, you know, we, we do have one doubt Thomas on the podcast in regards to Michael Omafemi um, family, in the sense of you know there was suggestions by my colleague here that you know he may he may have been, uh, you know. It might have been a deliberate ploy to avoid going out on loan to Swansea, but um, as I say, one, once Mark seen the photographic evidence, you know, obviously he he realised that it was a a real injury, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, the thing is, is like happy to be close. Michael, i family for me, you know. Let's hope he can recover from the injury. And contribute something to the squad, even if it's in the run-in to the end of this season. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely right. Totally. We'll,
0: we'll, we'll wish him a so, we we wish a on to next story recovery. Absolutely. So, we move on to the next story. Shane Long praises brilliant Ings and Adams, but admits selfishly, I want more game time. Shane, it's very simple: score more goals.
1: All, all, all I would say is, is
0: like.
1: <laughs> he's in the front too, right? Because obviously they're in a rich feel yeah. of form. And uh, the thing is, is yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what he expected because the the problem is he signed the contract, right? Now, he must have knew at the start of the season, right, that he, he, he was going to be a bits and pieces player in the sense that he was going to be sat on the bench every match, right? And as and when, you know, the pressure was on, you know, they were going to call for Shane to come on, you know, to relieve yeah. things defensively, to try and give us maybe a little bit more uh, attack and prowess, you know, up the pitch. But but in yeah. the main, I mean, as we've discussed before, you know, if Saints are winning 2-1 or they're winning 1-0, right, you yeah. call for Shane Long because Shane Long's the sort of player hopefully that we take a lot of the pressure off the defence.
0: Yeah, absolutely that. Absolutely that. Yep, yeah, I agree with that hundred percent. So we move on to the next one. Ralph Hassan is apparently heading a um or apparently is on a short list of possible replacements for Frank Lampard at Chelsea. I don't see it happening more.
1: I mean mate, mate, when you when you look at the, the short list, okay? The only person yeah. Ju- yeah. Julian Nailsman would for me would be behind Ralph. Ralph would be about the fourth yeah. choice. Because Allegra's yeah. on that list, you know, uh, who, who's done a hell of a lot in Italy. Um and he he probably yeah. top of the list for me. Um, I can't remember the other two names, but I I just sit there and I think he's probably fourth out of the five people that have been mentioned in terms certainly in terms of experience. And like like I've said before, and I'll say on the podcast now, you know, if he went if he went to Chelsea, they've got a sporting director. We don't have one, thankfully, at yep. the minute. You know, I yep. think thankfully we got our fingers burned with Les Reed, and I don't think we're going back down that route. <laughs> yeah. And uh, as a consequence, I well. and as a consequence of that, you know, because we don't have. Uh, a sporting director or a football director at the football club, yeah. it means basically that Ralph's got free reign. You know, and the thing yeah. is, if he goes to a big club in the Premier League, he will not have that free reign at those football clubs
0: because they have sporting directors or football yeah. directors, mm-hmm. you know, right. at Absolutely those right. clubs. No so, positive news, Mark on before I go on to the last one. Positive news, Alex McCarthy back in training with Saints following isolation for COVID-19. So it should be yeah. available for selection for the weekend.
1: Uh, it's just the shot in the arm that we need, especially following up yeah. from the news yeah. about Danny Ings. But, uh, you yeah, know, it's, right. it's great
0: to have Alex back in the fold. It certainly is. And the reason I mentioned him before this was the fact that Ralph who was obviously lifting the lid on Saints impressive clean sheet record. Alex McCarthy's obviously been part of that. But um, Ralph basically said, absolutely, I was always very, very Angry about or not consistent defending because we're definitely one of the better organised teams in this league and still concede so many goals. As strange as it sounds, the way we try to play with the ball now is more fundamental of not conceding so many goals because we have more possession. The opponent has to run more to get the ball, it also kills you and makes you a little bit more tired, so you're not so clinical when you have a chance. That makes it easier to defend for us, probably makes it easier for Alex McCarthy as well. But obviously, he's been part of the success defensively that's resulted in so many clean sheets
1: in full agreement with that Mark and you know Ralph, Ralph's quite correct on what he says really
0: so that brings us to the end of all of that Saints in the press and Saints transfer gossip and we're going to take the last break of the pod for today and when we come back it will be the Two Saints preview of the upcoming day versus Leicester City at 8pm we'll be right back it's the two marks CNH on, on the Two Saints Saint show. show Fiesta, Fiesta 95, 95 FM. FM right welcome back everybody so the Two Saints preview of Leicester City versus Saints. Last time out, Saints, 2-1 winners. Fantastic. Danny Ings strike late, strike struck late to um, lead Saints to a 2-1 victory. He opened, the scoring was opened by Shane Long, one of those rare goals, but very important one, which led to Saints getting a 2-1 win over Leicester. So, fantastic. Can they do it again? Um, possibly. It's going to be a challenge, Mark, I think, but for me, key players for Saints, Danny Ings um, obviously looks as though he's going to miss out. So, for me, key players for Saints, Adams and Walcott, James ward and Diallo or Romeo, depending on which of those starts. And I think Alex McCarthy being back. Um, those for me key players, I think. But I think Saints have got a real good chance of doing it. I'm actually thinking that... I actually quite fancy Saints to do this, and I actually think Saints are going to do this 2-1. That's my take on it.
1: Yeah, well, I, I'm going for a 1-1 draw, mate. Um, I, you know, I, I just want to speak about last time out. You know, obviously... Yep. We had that horrible fr- Friday night feeling and we went up there and obviously before yep. kickoff, they decided to show, yep. you know, a rerun of that game at St Murray's, you know, that we don't yeah, speak about or I try to avoid <laughs> speaking about. Because yeah. if, if, if you, if you want to hear, you know, about that, about that particular game, Tune in to any broadcast by any oh, wow. national sports
0: media people. Because they're... Well, seriously, any, any Saints game, listen to the commentary of any Saints game on Sky or any other. And that is all you will hear. Yep. I guarantee well, so, you, if it's not within the first 20, 30 seconds, then... Oh, it's just, so that's why as, as yeah, go, that's why, as Saints supporters...
1: That's why, as Saints supporters, we avoid that. But yeah, Absolutely. so going, going back to Leicester City, as I say, they showed the video. It's not the, best the players were warming up. The players were yeah. warming up. Um, and they're looking up at the screens. So the thing was, was obviously, you know, they go back into the dressing room. Ralph Hasenhutl has the team talk already done for him. Doesn't That's he it. have to That's open his rough. mouth? Yeah, you know? don't need and any more motivation than what they saw. And like you said, it wasn't it wasn't the greatest start, but grew into the no. game. Um yep. it was it was Stuart Armstrong that actually scored yeah, the yeah,
0: yeah. And Danny, Danny Ings scored the winner. Right. Um and yeah, we, thought we thought we got a penalty in sixty-fourth minute. When Shane Long went down, VAR said it wasn't. So yeah, obviously Shane Long was a bit confused. But yeah, Stuart Armstrong's deflected effort on nineteen minutes yep. actually brought the scores level, and then obviously Danny Ings got a late winner.
1: Yeah, but you know what? What I was going to say was, besides that, I mean, we we did have quite a few chances in the game. Yeah, he didn't hit the crossbar but, twice in the first half. Uh, exactly. So so you know it was it was such a, an excellent performance, and I also have to say that. I, You know, I'm not a vindictive person by nature, um, but I got a lot of satisfaction, right, at the full-time yeah, yeah. whistle when all the Saints fans, dear man, started singing, you can stick your 9-0 up your... you oh, Absolutely right, yep.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, the thing is as well, with time ticking away as well, i not forget, Johnny Ed- Evans put the ball in the net, seemed to be a late leveller, Heart, yeah, you know, heartbreak for Saints, absolutely sick enough but it actually showed um, on VAR that he was actually offside. So, yeah, obviously, he, Saints held on for what um, actually proved to be a crucial victory, and I think it left them something like, was it, 13 points above the bottom three or so at the time? So, you know, that would be a fantastic result, didn't it? Yeah. And for me, that was probably the turning point of that season, to be fair.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is I just think it followed on from a period where we were in a rich of form, and then we lost our, we lost our way, sort of end of end of January through to beginning of March, and then we had the break, and then obviously we found our mojo once the restart happened. But as I say, just just to cover my my own thoughts on the Leicester yeah. game on Saturday, I mean, I, I tend to go along with what you said, Mark. Uh, I, I because obviously Danny Ings isn't there. James Ward-Price is going to have to play a real captain's role on yeah. Saturday. Putting no pressure on you, James, by the way. But, you know... Yeah I, he like the WP.
0: WP.
1: yeah, I mean, JWP's definitely got to do that. And I think, you know, irrespective of whether it's Diallo or Romeo, either one of those two are going to need to have an immense game themselves, as is, okay. as is the whole team, really, but I, but I think the thing is, is I keep I keep saying it, it's important for your star performers to perform, so, you know, I, I have to say the pressure is on James
0: Ward Price a lot yeah, on exactly. Saturday. Well, I can see him sneaking a free kick in, actually, sticking one in, because um, he's going to be a little bit... Annoyed by the fact that he hit the crossbar in one of the previous games, obviously were a really good free kick. So he'll be determined to put one in if he gets the chance, and I wouldn't rule it out to be fair. So yeah, for me, I think it's definitely um, my my heart says two one Saints, so and I'm quite going, sure my head and does. I'm My head going, probably says draw, but my heart says two one Saints.
1: And I'm going one apiece because I'm just I'm just concerned that they have no because I know a lot of the focus was on Jimmy Vardy, and yep. obviously he's the goal scorer, but I just think creatively they've got a lot of good players there and yeah, well, know, much as I said about James Ward, Price, Romelu and Diallo depending on yeah. who the partner is in the centre of the park, you know yeah. how the how the centre backs and the full backs, the whole defensive unit, McCar- yeah. you know Alex McCarthy, how they perform is going to be yeah. key as well to
0: any success that we have up yeah, back- I've Master. I was trying to think of trying to think of the sort of lineup he could go with and trying to think of the strongest one he could go with. And I actually think it's probably going to be something along the lines of McCarthy and goal, obviously. Batter and Walker Peters at full back, and then obviously Stevens and um, Benrek in the middle. Um unless Fest Guard's fit I'm not, not sure who he is, I don't think he is. Um midfield, obviously Armstrong, probably Armstrong, Diallo, Ward-Prowse. and probably I would guess Redmond if he's available. I he's guess not, is what he's, he's not gonna not go with if not, um, so he's probably going to play, he's probably going to play Teller. I would have thought maybe. Yeah, maybe, um, and then up front, you're looking at Walcott and Adams. I think probably, yeah, um, yeah. I'm not sure who I'd bring in instead of Teller on the other wing to be fair, but I think Armstrong definitely gets in the team, doesn't he? So, um, yeah, yeah,
1: and
0: yeah, Valerie maybe on the other flank, possibly, maybe, yeah, and Valerie on the right and Armstrong on the left, maybe in midfield. Maybe that's a good way to go. Um, I think that's probably a stronger team as you can go with, so we'll see. But for me, yeah, um War prowse um definitely key man, along with obviously um yeah, Alex McCarthy and probably Walcott and Adams, to be fair. James War prowse I, I,
1: Yeah, I mean I, I just I just think that, you know, the midfield and the back line will be key to uh, us repelling any of the att- any of the yeah. attacks. I mean the thing is the thing is is, you know, what what you hope for most of all is Leicester just have an off day. I mean, they uh, The thing is, is, Mark, right, and I didn't want to mention this because, you know, talking is up now, right, but Leicester do not have a good home record this season, right? Fulham Fulham beat them there, you know, and and, and I kind of look at that and I think there is hope, but obviously the news of Danny Ings missing is a big miss. It is
0: a huge miss, you know? If nothing else, let's go up there, Saints. Let's give it a damn good go, and let's not lose. It's most yeah. important, don't lose. if yeah, you can't win the game, just don't, don't lose. It. Yeah, yeah, right. And that sums everything up today. I think for me, um, it's wrapped the pods up, pod up brilliantly ahead of tomorrow's game. So come on, you Reds, and um, yeah, just over to my co-host to say his goodbyes first.
1: Yeah. So ba- basically, all I want to say is to everybody, thanks for continuing to listen. We're sorry that we had a break from some of the uh, pod uh, platforms. Thankfully, we've sorted that situation and it won't be occurring again. And, you know, I, we hope that you continue to enjoy the pod. Please email us with any, and Mark's going to give you it in a minute, any ideas that you've got for future shows or any questions or topics that we, you'd like us to cover or either on the current squad or players that you would like to see come
0: in or anything like that. Stay safe and look after each other. Just to remind you all, you can contact us via our email address, the two Saints podcast show at outlook.com, for questions or items you'd like to hear in future shows. You can listen to the radio show on Fiesta 95 FM in Southampton and via OnlineRadioBox.com. Also, the Two Saints podcast show is now available via Spotify, Overcast, Acast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and Podbean, or via our Facebook page, The Two Saints Show, and our YouTube channel, The Two Saints Podcast Show. So please join us again next week when the Two Saints go marching in again and come on your rest for tomorrow.